0: Brit. Brad and Brit, the prep, combination of and, Politics, sports, and shit. Let's tune into brad and Brit. It is the brad and Brit cast. It's our first one for this week. We're glad you are with us. We do this live in the uh, 1:30 to uh about 2:30 Eastern hour, Monday through Thursday. If this is uh your first time joining us, you've been uh clicking around. Remember Gary Shandling
1: Larry no Sanders, clicking. no clicking.
0: No, no clicking. clicking. He invented that. He was the first guy to say that. <laughs> he was the guy. He was the one because there wasn't really a clicker before that. All right. Hey, Boy, I'll t- I am, uh, I'm jam packed today here. We'll never get to all of these. Um, attention, black people stay out of Florida. All right. The four freedoms, not according to FDR, right. but according to Republicans. Uh, Mark Walker, another trader candidate in North Carolina. Jesus. Woody Hayes' son is way better than Bo oh, son. Oh, yeah. And he's already apologized. Now all we need is for the South Carolina governor to apologize. We're going to mix up two little stories there together okay. that uh, really have nothing in common except stupidity. Uh A story about Uber in the voice of Paul Harvey. Yeah, I saw that. The Jeffrey Epstein of horse racing. Oh. Putin's new shit list comes from MAGA Central. Jeez. Mr. Wonderful dunks on Elon Musk and Jim Brown. Oh,
1: why don't you talk about the great Jim Brown? Because would you say that... uh the NFL legend who just passed away, uh, was, was he your favorite football player of all time?
0: Well, he was. You know, we uh, We moved, our family, we moved to Cleveland in the spring of 1965. And that fall, when the football season began, that was... And by the way, I predicted this, I was, you know, only uh, nine, 10 years old. I predicted it would be Jim Brown's last season. Wow. A lot of people didn't want to listen to me. Wow. Um, but I was, no, actually it was his last season. And I went to one game. I, that year, we went to one game and, uh, unfortunately I got mugged on the way out of the stadium as most 10 year olds do. And they stole my program. So I don't have a program or a ticket. To prove it and anyway. even in
1: those days cleveland a fairly rough town
0: oh this is brutal they had all these guys this is the way it was this is the, the one member anybody that, that ever went to a cleveland browns football game maybe the indians in those days too there were all these guys standing 10 feet apart 10 feet apart and this was the product they were offering ready peanuts four bags for a quarter. Yeah, you know, these little bags that had <laughs> six peanuts. But there was four bags of them yeah. for just a quarter. For a that buck. was their line. I'll never forget that. Anyway, so Jim Brown retires uh, that that next year as the season starts, and he he has a record that so far has been unable to be broken. Just about every other record that he he had statistically got broken by guys after him because first of all, they increased the length of the season. He only played in uh, seasons that were 12 and 14 games long, and it didn't go to 16-game to seasons until 1978, long after he was gone. But that was enough and certainly allowed for other players to uh, pass him in the total yardage all time because they all played longer than him. He only played nine years, and they had more games in each season. So you know, in terms of uh, the Cal Ripken-style record okay but that 103 yards per game average that he has has never been beaten and uh i looked it up i looked it up and the closest guy to 103 yards a game behind jim brown is barry sanders had uh, 98 yards per game on average, which you know, that's nothing to sneeze at. I'm not saying that's that impressive. It, that's very right. impressive. Yeah, got Eric Dickerson and I think Walter Payton. You know, there were a lot of guys in the in the '90s and high I will 80s. assure
1: you that the the team that Jim Brown was playing on was way better than the team <laughs> that Barry
0: Sanders was playing on. Right, um, but that I don't want to say that's a that's a Babe Ruth home run record because of course that got beaten. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, maybe it's a Pete Rose lifetime hits kind of. Record. It's never going to be beaten. It's one but of that, those. That, that, that's what amazed me because he was, you know, all the the things already. You know, he he never missed a game. Um, he was bigger than the guys that were trying to tackle him. He yeah. was faster than the guys who couldn't catch him, and he was rougher. The other thing I remember about Jim Brown, and I'll stop after this, was. After every play, after every play was over, he would get up so slow. He looked like he had just been mortally injured. He will never make it back to the huddle. He was so slow. Oh my god, what happened? And of course, it was a complete shtick. <laughs> it was a it was a thing to make people think he he never got hurt that that we know of. Oh, one more thing, one more thing. I love this one. I think it was uh, Dick Seismansky, who I think is still alive, who was a, a, uh, a defensive player. can't remember what team he was on. He was a coach for a long time. He played opposite Jim Brown. And he said they figured out fairly early on that when Jim Brown would put his right hand down first, that meant he was going to get the ball and he was going to run to the right side. They knew this. And Seismansky says we knew this, and it didn't matter. Right. He still ran us over. Right. And he still ran by us. So that's that's it. And then you know the the rest of his life is well known. He, uh, we, you and I, have a, you and I, have had, and he lot had problems with women and all that. You stuff. and I have
1: had this. Uh, we we marvel about these these reels that pop up about these stories about Larry Bird, and they're all the same thing. Where the guy goes. Larry bird told me he's going to take two dribbles, go over here, shoot from there and score. And yeah. he would do it every single time. That's right. <laughs> he That's would right. tell you what he was going to do. And you still couldn't stop him. And, uh,
0: right. yeah, I, I don't, and I think don't you... think that, I don't think Jim Brown was a trash talker no. on the field, no, but exactly. in a way, what he did spoke for, for itself. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad I was, uh, able to at least be around for that little, little part of it. But, uh, his legend lives on, and boy, if you saw the, uh, the people from Emmett Smith, and and folks talking about Jim Brown the last few days, man, you knew you were talking about true football royalty that uh, may never may never be equaled. Certainly on the field. Okay.
1: Well, if and, you're talking, uh, I mean, I think I think any list of we talk about the greatest football players of all time. If he's not on that list, I think that's kind of a, your, your list is somewhat deficient.
0: It can be, I haven't seen that list yet, Britt, that he isn't on it, but okay. (laughs)
1: Exactly. If anybody ever has the nerve to say, well, you do have, I mean, there's always recency bias, right? There's always recency bias.
0: Yeah. But see, that's the thing. He completely blows that out of the water. He does. (laughs) He does. In fact, would you like to see, you know, there there's a, a whole series of YouTube videos of, uh, younger folks hearing songs for the first time and yeah, you see them dazzled that. by wouldn't you love to see a an 18 year old who had never seen video of Jim Brown running right and just just throw on one of those highlight films that's all over the place you've seen them where uh, he just cannot be stopped <laughs> right he, he just can't send they, they'd probably be pretty dazzled as they as they should be okay Let's
1: continue with our football theme. Let's go to college, where Shimmy Schembechler, we hardly
0: knew ye. Uh, yeah, so Bo Schembechler, the uh, legendary, although extremely flawed, mm-hmm. coach of the University of Michigan Wolverines. What Bo died about 10, 10 15 years ago? Something That's like about that. right, yeah. Yeah. Um, he had three sons. He called them my three sons, amazingly enough. That's great. Uh, And uh, one of them was just hired by the University of Michigan to be, what, on the recruiting staff or or, or something of that sort. He'd been a
1: scout uh, uh, for several NFL teams, including the Las Vegas Raiders, most recently.
0: Okay. Uh, So it took about three minutes for – his uh, old Twitter feeds to be discovered. And, you know, it's just all racist shit. You know, uh, slavery was really good for the black people. It taught them, uh, it taught them discipline. Well, this this was just, this was
1: actually sort of a, a new wrinkle. It was they, he was liking, and I think retweeting some shit that was just inexplicable. Like he wasn't putting the product out himself, but he was
0: co-signing some horrific racist shit. Oh, you know, <laughs> you know, we call that we call that the, the Trump dodge. <laughs> Trump would do that all the time. Goes, I didn't write it. It wasn't my thing. It just it just got passed on. I just loved it. Yeah, it was just great. Yeah, yeah, it was just great. Uh, so he's he's out, and I think on 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 Monday he actually uh, publicly apologized, and uh, uh, you'll never hear from him again. What's Probably. the apology
1: for? Is it? Here's the apology
0: yeah. I wanted
1: to hear. I'm sorry, I was a racist piece of shit. Yeah. That's what I would like to hear.
0: Yeah. If anybody was offended, yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm sorry, I got caught. Is really the apology. Yeah. That's the real apology.
0: Right. <laughs> All right. So that's that's a story one. So let's connect it now to the governor of South Carolina. That's Henry McMaster. Uh, according to a tweet from a reporter for The State, the big newspaper there in Colombia, The State, which was then shared by the DNC and their chairman, Jamie Harrison. I love that guy. I so wish he would have beaten Lindsey Graham a few years ago. He, sh- yeah. he so much should be a senator. It's sickening. Yeah, he it's, really is. It's great. sickening. But, you know, we got a black eye senator from South Carolina, Tim Scott. Oh, so yeah. He's a piece. You can't expect I mean, yeah. to have two.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That guy's great. <clears throat>
0: McMaster said at the uh, convention over the weekend, this is the South Carolina GOP convention, that, quote, I look forward to the day that Democrats are so rare we have to hunt them with dogs. Nice. <laughs> Whoa. Nice. So the uh, Democratic Party put forth a petition – very, very offended, and uh, want, they want the governor to apologize and retract this racially tinged dog whistle. Um, because, and I, I, I guess I'm, I'm going to assume that uh, that refers to the fact that black people, slaves, were hunted with dogs if they tried to escape or something of that sort. Correct? Do I have that right? You wouldn't be
1: wrong. Okay. Okay. In fact, right, so if you look at the if you look at the Second Amendment, the term militia really refers to escaped property and yeah. and Southerners yeah. being able to track
0: them down. So you, when you say escaped property, you're not talking about, say, a horse. No, I'm or talking about a table. <laughs>
1: I'm talking about a, a two legged mammal uh, wandering away. And the, the again, Southern states in the Constitution want a protection specifically for posses that were formed to hunt down their escaped property.
0: So the fun part of stories like this is it extends outward. And uh, the Democrats went on to uh, tweet out via Jamie Harrison, the Democratic chairman. So Nikki Haley. So at Tim Scott, Governor McMaster's your friend. Y'all looking forward to this as well? Given the sordid history of people being hunted down in the South, you'd think a governor in 23 would know better right? I assume he means 2023 because uh, a governor in 1923 or 1823 probably would not know better, but we're going with 2023 on that one. And you ready for the excuse? You ready for the excuse? The spokesman for Governor McMaster says, the governor's been making this joke at Republican conventions for years. Oh, okay then. And everyday South Carolinians understand that it's a Joke sure, it's funny. Let me, uh, I will, you know, what I'm gonna give the governor a pass on this under one condition. You ready? You ready that Republicans stop lying and taking out of context when they feel like they need to make some kind of racial statement. Of the it's the Democrats who are the racist that Joe Biden once said. You're all going to be put back in chains. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Remember that? And remember how Joe Biden uh, said that. He said that not as himself, not his voice saying that. He was saying that about Republicans probably doing that. Mm. It wasn't him. I'm going to put you in chains. So stop lying about that. And we'll give Governor McMaster, who Even if he did apologize, how would he apologize? You just got it right a few moments ago. What's he going to say? Yeah, it's really a fucking crappy racist joke I've been telling for 30 years. You mean I finally got called on it? Okay, (laughs) I won't tell it anymore. Sorry if you were offended, black people. Because, as you know, white people in South Carolina, not offended by that joke at all. They get the joke. They understand just how well-crafted. It is. It's as if George Carlin, Woody Allen, and Mel Brooks got together and said, let's put out the best one-liner piece of comedy. Oh, yeah.
1: I mean, the guy's a comic genius. The guy's a comic genius. Shecky McMaster over there. He's one of the funniest guys I've ever heard.
0: Shecky, Shimmy, Shanley, and (laughs) Shmooley. All right. Um,
1: On that note, since we're kind of going there. Uh, well, we're, we're only about 15 days away from our own GOP convention, Brad, coming very, just within miles of where you and I are sitting right now with a plethora of stars, including former President Donald John Trump, former Vice President Mike Pence, and the greatest governor in the nation, Ron DeSantis. Right now, the NAACP is uh, urging black folks, you might not want to go
0: on vacation in Florida. Uh, yeah. Here you go. It's a travel advisory. It's a travel advisory. Uh, They say, civil rights groups do, that uh, Florida is hostile to black Americans in general. In general. And, of course, this is just days before DeSantis is announcing that he's running for president. And it's, of course, just days after uh, Disney had a little change of heart And is, and let's tell the truth here, Britt, forcing 2,000 employees to not leave California, where everything gets stolen from their cars. Hmm. Weather is terrible now. I've heard that. That's weird. And you can't afford a house where they were almost about to be relocated to the paradise of Central Florida. Right. Not anymore. Disney will not spend the billion dollars to build some kind of, of, uh, office complex campus for their some of their white-collar workers. And uh, this seems like it's tailor-made for Ron DeSantis to uh, up the victim quotient and the us versus them and the this-is-where-woke-comes-to-die bullshit at his uh, campaign announcement speech in a couple of days. So the travel advisory, back to what the NAACP, is saying, on a seeming quest to silence African-American voices, the governor and the state of Florida have shown that African-Americans are not welcome in the state of Florida. Due to the sustained, blatant, relentless, and systematic attack on democracy and civil rights, I have no idea what they're referring to, the NAACP hereby issues that travel advisory to African-Americans and other people of color, for traveling in Florida. Um, Off they go. Let's see. Do we have an answer to this? Do we have an answer to this? Uh, We do have an answer to this. Yes, yes. Here we go. Um, The governor's spokesperson says, I actually said this himself. Oh, what a joke. We'll see how effective that is. This is a stunt to try to do that. It's a pure stunt and fine. And by the way, nobody knows stunts more than Ron DeSantis, right? He's a stunt
1: guy. He is a hundred percent stunt guy.
0: See, but here here's the thing. A stunt is when you kind of physically do something like throw people on a plane unbeknownst to them and shuttle them to another part of the country. Mm. That's that's a stunt. Well a that stunt, wouldn't happen.
1: That that would never
0: happen. Yeah. <laughs> A stunt is when you send out actual real policemen to arrest black people all over the state, about 20 of them or so, and charge them with violating uh, election rules, which they did not violate. But you scare the shit out of them. You uh, get them down on the ground. You pat them down. You make them believe they're about to be arrested, of course, for something that they didn't. That's a stunt. This is not a stunt. It's not a stunt. It's just a statement. And uh, um, I don't know if people are going to not go to Florida on vacation because of this. I just can't believe that the totality of all these things is is helpful to tourism, which, Britt, as you know, is it's a very minor part of the Florida economy. <laughs> you know, they ha- they have uh, a lot of auto plants. Oh, sure. Um All all kinds of things going on. A heavy industry in Florida. And then uh, occasionally a tourist shows up and they hang out at the beach and then they leave. It's not a big deal.
1: Um yeah, but it also like when a lot of the GOP voters who are gonna who Ron DeSantis is gonna be relying on in the primaries here that he's at war with the NAACP, they get a giant stiffy. I mean, that's Viagra for them. They they love that.
0: Yeah. I, I, I guess if you pull back on everything that he's done. And he's not that stupid to think that this is the kind of stuff that plays nationally, but he's also not so stupid as to know that Americans have the uh, memory of, uh, you know, a piece of paper. It's about that thin (laughs) and they move on to the next problem. So his goal is to win Florida after, uh, He's uh, pulled off something in Iowa, a state that Trump did not win back in uh, 2016. He 2016. did not win there, but things yeah. are things are different, and uh,
1: I don't know. I don't There's know. a the one of the big things that's changed with the DeSantis campaign, even as he's gone through all of this awfulness uh, up until you know the anticipation of his announcement is that it appeared that the Murdoch family was very interested in throwing their entire weight behind him and crafting the narrative that this is the guy. And now it's been thrown into great doubt that we don't know if the Murdoch family really has the entree into the hearts and minds of Republican primary voters the way they might have, say, six weeks ago. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of a a thing with him, because he's going to rely on that kind of, oh, what did we call it again, earned... Media is that what the stupid uh, phrase or word is? Yeah, they, we don't know. I mean, obviously, Sean Hannity. Well,
0: they're would. they're right because now that CNN is the Trump network, Jesus, uh, CNN continues to you know you just plummets. us. Oh, I I do have the uh, the the true snark on this. Um, this is one of the aides to DeSantis. Her name is Christina. Pushaw, P U S H A W, isn't that a town in South Carolina? It is. Man, they got some fantastic peaches. Yeah. Uh, Miss Pushaw went on Twitter on Sunday and asked this question: Does this mean no Urban Beach Week? Yeah, that's Along- funny. Now there's keep the comedy. travel. Yeah, keep the travel advisories coming. It's hard enough to get a dinner reservation in this town, referring to. Miami see there's humor Mr. McMaster are you
1: listening that is some comedy there you go there that is some good shit right there
0: we we wish him well uh how about the four freedoms not according to FDR (laughs) not according to FDR I, I saw this column uh late last week uh in its original form in the new york times by my new favorite columnist at that paper uh jamal Bowie. i love this guy he's great he is such a clear clean concise brilliant writer and uh you know what the the uh, four freedoms were they were the uh four that were uh, spoken of by franklin roosevelt in 1941 this was his state of the union address that's right Brett. there was an actual state of the union address where somebody said something worth remembering i have to go back to 1941
1: (laughs) it was and it was not televised in any way shape or form
0: yeah um the four essential human freedoms said franklin roosevelt remember this is the beginning of 1941 we're not even in world war ii officially yet freedom of speech and expression the freedom of every person to worship God in his own way. Freedom from want. That means not being impoverished Republicans. Uh. And freedom from fear. Okay. I, th- I think we're, we're pretty much all on board with those. But here we are uh, all these many, many years later. 41, 59, 23, 70, about 75 years later, almost 70 years. And uh, Mr. Bowie, in a great column, talks about the uh, four freedoms that Republicans apparently believe are foundational to their program. Freedom to control, to restrict the bodily autonomy of women and repress the existence of anyone who does not conform to traditional gender roles. So that covers all the crap over transgenderism that they're pushing. The freedom to control. Number two. The freedom to exploit, to allow the owners of business and capital to weaken labor and take advantage of workers as they see fit. Number three, the freedom to censor, to suppress ideas that challenge and threaten the ideologies of the ruling class. And last but not least, the freedom to menace, to carry weapons wherever you please, to brandish them in public, to turn the right of self-defense into a right to threaten other people. You know, I, I think the only problem with those four is there's about 14, 15, 20 others that he didn't get to. Those are, those are pretty foundational, though, to uh, everything that we're hearing and, and seeing right now. Um, he ends by saying that the four freedoms Roosevelt spoke of were the building blocks of a humane society. The Republican freedoms are also building blocks, not of a humane society, but of a rigid and hierarchical one in which you can dominate or be dominated. Does that sound like Trumpism to you in a nutshell? It does to me. Sure. Wow. Sure. Why not? Great column. Jamel Bowie. Look it up. It's, uh, not just on the Times side, Uh, W R A L runs his columns. and, And so you don't have to pay for it to see it. Or you can, you can go onto my Facebook page. I, uh, I lifted the paywall for you. <laughs> I get, ten, you know, you get ten free ones a month to do that with. So,
1: uh, Jamel <laughs> Baba Bowie is the Baba Bowie. Yeah, Baba Buoy. That's, Bowie. that's Bowie. the guy right there. Uh, uh, you you want to do Mark Walker? Or you want to do Uber?
0: Let's let's do uh, uh fabulous Mark Walker. Fabulous, Mark Walker,
1: an affable Republican. You may never have heard of if you don't live in our area of North Carolina.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mark Walker was a congressman for two terms. Wow, a Republican for two terms. Uh, where we live, yeah, he was uh, our congressman for a while, and uh, that was under one of the uh, now non-existent gerrymandered maps that split the city we live in greensboro into a couple of different districts so that greensboro guilford oh. county which is normally a, a democratic stronghold was split yeah. and the vote was dispersed among a couple of uh, different um, districts so that's how guys like mark walker got elected and when the supreme court of north carolina declared that that was an illegal gerrymander and uh, they forced the legislature to fix things mark walker ran for the hills because he knew suddenly if he didn't have the unfair advantage of the gerrymander he'd get his ass kicked and he was he's correct. Done.
1: he's done and he so hosts a local a, he hosts to hosts a local public affairs show these days on uh, fox eight sunday night like 11 30 or something It's a left side, right side. They have an African-American fellow who squares off with it.
0: Oh, that must be a thrill.
1: Oh, it's amazing television.
0: Yeah. Uh, So, Walker, who has nothing to do, really. Yeah. And he flopped last year. He tried to be the uh, North Carolina Republican Senate candidate, and uh, he wasn't Trumpy enough for Trump to endorse him, so... Trump endorsed this loser Ted Budd, yeah. but Mark Walker, frankly, I thought he had the goods because, you know, Mark Walker signed the the uh, petition to invalidate the election of Joe Biden. You know, well, good the for one him. That had like 100, 140, and when he was still in Congress, he voted against impeaching Trump that first time. So I would have thought that would have been enough that a few years later in the senate primary um he would have gotten the the nod from from trump but he didn't but he didn't very very
1: quickly one of the highlights i think one of the highlights of mark walker's time in congress was when they were going very hot and heavy on repealing obamacare and i think it was the vote that eventually led with mccain giving the thumbs down they had mark walker sitting next to trump at the white house and the cameras are there and he goes and trump goes well so uh I got you. You're a yes for me. And Trump and Marker goes, but eh. like, it, it's the most awkward fucking thing ever. Like even he's not going to do,
0: it. <laughs> he's not even going to come to heal. Uh, God almighty. So he wants to be the Republican nominee for governor yeah. in North Carolina. And I don't think he has, uh, I guess I could get in trouble. We're going to lose sponsors, a Chinaman's chance uh in a world where
1: logic and and reality reign supreme he would be he'd have a puncher's chance if we were in, in, in some sort of real but in no in this current climate no that's not him right
0: so far i don't see any evidence that republicans in this state with their will apparently expressed through the legislature that they control unfairly of course through the gerrymander. Representing a minority of the state, but nonetheless, they're a Republican Party in this state, there's no evidence that uh, their voters won't nominate the craziest of the three people running Mark Walker, Mark Robinson. He's Mark Robinson. Just, he's just certified, the guy's certified, but he's our
1: lieutenant governor. He's, he's currently he's Trumpier
0: governor. than Trump. He's more racist than Trump. He's the worst.
1: Yeah, by far, like uh, the he's like way more
0: homophobic than Trump ever even dreamed of, and he's uh, he is expressing what the North Carolina legislature wanted to do in the last few weeks, but knew that they couldn't, so they came up with a mealy mouth fake compromise that supposedly we can all agree with the famous twelve week ban on abortions, which is really like a nine or 10 week ban because you have to go a couple of weeks before. Right. And you have to know that you're pregnant and the walls of the hallway in the abortion clinic must be 37.3 inches exactly. And all those kind of, the, but Mark Robinson would have none of that were he to be the governor. He would love for a Republican legislature, in North Carolina to send him a, a bill that, that out, outlawed abortion from the time you you swipe the appropriate way on the app, or you answer the want ad, or you meet someone across the room in a restaurant. That moment, that's the moment after which there can be no abortions. That early. Heartbeat bills. He wants that shit. And there's no evidence that Republicans won't nominate him in this state. So far, as I can tell, what do you think? No, there's
1: – he's the, he's the um, leader in the clubhouse, as they say. There's no question that Mark, Mark uh, Robinson is the guy. I think mm-hmm. that there's a number of people in leadership in the Republican Party <clears throat> who are not real comfortable with it, but and that's why you haven't seen a lot of them going, well, you know, this will be, be the guy. And they, they kind of stand back, and they're going to ignore him until he can be ignored no longer. Huh. Oh, that always works. That's a great idea. Do that, but I I just don't. I find it hard to feel feel uh, to ha- hard to to think um that the guys that have been around the old old Republican guard are like, well, we can't wait for this one. Let's go ahead and start printing up the posters. Um, but he's the he's the guy. He's I by far he's the the best one. He's as as far as the three, he's going to be the guy that's going to appeal to the Republican primary voter,
0: right? And in a um distant and pointless analogy to uh trump who every time someone says a bad word about him or tries to run in a primary against him usually he'll pull out the they wanted a job from me they were in tears saying sir hire me to do the sir you're sir you support me. right right and reminiscent of that is it turns out that it was Mark Walker who was the guy who distributed, peddled the original video that Mark Robinson um, starred in, I guess what he spoke before, the Greensboro City Council or, or something of that sort.
1: That's what it was. I, it made, was sure, I think that, it was after after Parkland had happened, and our mayor thought, maybe not a great idea to have a gun show at the fucking Greensboro Coliseum this weekend. And that's when Mark Robinson goes and he makes a three-minute rant and shouts and screams and waves, and he becomes a folk hero, and that's exactly what his accomplishments are in life, and that's how he became a uh, voted so lieutenant governor. It,
0: isn't Mark Walker now supposed to say, how dare you run against me, Mark Robinson? I made you. You, you were in tears thanking me for doing it. That's not going to happen. Like I, I said, only, it was a it was a painful, stretched analogy.
1: Well, it doesn't again, my, my inherent hope is that the, uh, you know, the, the racism of the Republican Party comes through in this one. But I don't know if it's going to. Right. If you took Mark Robinson and a lot of people don't know what he looks like or anything, if you have him show up into one of these redneck counties uh where there's a lot of republicans i don't know your clay counties your Macon counties where and if you just showed him most of the people who they saw him would run back into their houses and lock their doors that's there's just no question about it they would i'm scared who what is what the fuck is this 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 black guys coming to steal my stuff or they would get in their cars and very conspicuously lock the doors <laughs> if they saw so i'm 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 just hoping that that Racism within the Republican Party will shine through, but I j I can't rely on it, Brad. I just cannot. Mm. Do the, all uh, right. uh,
0: do the story, story about Uber and the voice of Paul Harvey. Yeah. It, and I know anytime we talk about Uber, it gets gets you all excited because it does. Um, um you 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 did drive, you did drive one of those for a while,
1: right? Uh, Uber and Lyft or more than 5,000 rides between those two
0: platforms. Uh, so re- remember on Paul Harvey, he would tell some story and, you know, one tenth of the way through the story, you knew that there was going to be the ironic twist at the end. And, uh, the person that was the perpetrator was going to have the crime done unto them, or they would do the same thing that, that they were accusing. So here we go. Uh, Uber Uber, has suspended one of its executives who was accused of being insensitive to diversity issues, and here's the twist. The odd thing is that the executive had been in charge of making sure the company was sensitive to diversity issues. <laughs> the guy's name was Bo Young Lee. Not a guy. The head of diversity. Equity and Inclusion, DEI, now on leave amid the controversy. It seems that Lee moderated an event that uh, she called Moving Forward. Don't call me Karen. Don't call me
1: Karen. We're going to be sensitive toward white yeah. females and the problems they're going through.
0: That was intended to be an exploration of thorny race issues. Karen, of course, refers to the uh, slang name of all entitled white women. Who bitch about minorities about everything and uh, we feel sorry for actual women named karen who have nothing to do with it but it's because the first original karen was that woman in central park right Com- she kind of gets it yeah about? she
1: kind of gets it i thought the woman who was in california who bitched about the black people barbecuing at the beach was also okay. in there in the mix but it's hard but to was tell. her
0: name karen was she actually That's no? the, the woman point. in the- new
1: york's name wasn't karen i think her name was amy the woman in New York. It was Amy Cooper. Well, it should not... have been.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. The problem is that minorities who attended the meeting felt it was mostly a defense of white women and minimized their own concerns. It was more of a lecture. I felt like I was being scolded for the entirety of the meeting. Wrote someone on Slack. Yeah. And uh, off we go. So I guess you can speak to this much better than I the culture of Twitter not Twitter uber well, I could say Twitter but yeah. it's uber um lives on beyond the tenure of the I think it's been what five years six years since they oh, fired the yeah
1: Travis the Kalanick, original the original ringleader phone.
0: Travis Kalanick. They, if anybody they, you know they, if anyone wants to
1: read the book super pumped or see the series it was on Showtime yeah
0: it's great it was great they they've sent him with they gave him what about 50 million dollars to to get the hell out of the building. And,
1: uh, and then when they went public, he became a billionaire, which, by the way, yeah. I was in favor of. Absolutely. he um, deserve it. No, it's, it, it's, not, it's not the same because the, the, the complaints of the people who were saying, are you seriously trying to compare white women to what we have to go through? That would not have been heard or even considered. I mean, I think the culture under this guy, I can't pronounce his name, but he's an Iranian fellow who's,
0: I think, done a pretty good job. Oh, Dara, Trump. uh yeah, you're right. I can't remember. I can't remember the guy, but he's 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 really it's longer than Kardashian. It's a much longer name than, than
1: he's a pretty good CEO. Now they in, and instead of having the, the the frat boy atmosphere that they used to have at the headquarters, they just fuck over the drivers, which has always been a constant with that
0: company. There you go. That's why he's, that's why he gets plaudits from Wall Street for running the company well.
1: That's exactly right. When you have a business where you're not responsible for the transportation, the upkeep, or any of that stuff, you're probably going to do okay. It's probably a good business plan
0: for Wall Street. All right, we had a follow-up meeting when a black employee called that first meeting tone-deaf and offensive. So Ms. Lee replied, well, sometimes being pushed out of your own strategic ignorance is the right thing to do. Strategic ignorance. That's a new phrase. Never heard that one. That made it worse. And that's when Uber suspended ms lee Uh, we've heard many of you are in pain and upset by the session yesterday said the company email uh stolen illegally by the new york times which will be sued into bankruptcy over this. Uh, i'm sure (laughs) while it was meant to be a dialogue it's obvious that those who attended did not feel heard you know and ms lee has been with uber since 2018 which sounds like about the time in fact it is about the time that Travis Kalanick was kicked out and she was actually brought in to fix the troubled culture okay. that had developed back in those early days. I like that story because it's uh, tone deaf about being tone deaf. The, the communication,
1: but the, the, the communication from the company was very good. It was like, we've decided that Bo should take a pause from her duties.
0: Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, Mr. Wonderful dunks on elon musk let's uh let's finish with that one that one sounds hot i like that one uh last week elon musk sat there for an hour in a t-shirt on cnbc (laughs) jesus and uh once again proved that really because you have lots and lots and lots of money doesn't mean you're a smart person in every area of human endeavor. Okay, how about that? Uh, comparing the notion of working remotely from your home to, quote, fake Marie Antoinette, quote, let them eat cake. Musk asked how people could justify working from home while others like people in manufacturing, uh, people in healthcare. care and the food service industry, they are forced to come to work. By the way, he'd love you to buy a Tesla to drive to that job. But that's just a side issue. That's not the point. He said it's a productivity issue, but it's also a moral issue. They're asking everybody else to not work from home while they do, and it's wrong. Hang on. I've got a DoorDash delivery I've got to get right now. (laughs) <laughs> uh, all right fuck you and your morality i don't I, that, that kills me that that's the moral line that this asshole well, draws in his life i know and and you're gonna hate this but you're gonna have to probably admit that kevin o'leary mr wonderful shark tank guy billionaire himself just put the hammer to elon musk his answer not only shows why working from home is here to stay it teaches a lesson. In emotional intelligence, this according to uh, Inc. magazine and their writer, the ability to understand and manage emotions so you can make better decisions by explaining why Elon Musk feels so strongly against remote work. Why is Kevin O'Leary giving such an emotionally intelligent response? It's probably because Kevin O'Leary does have his hands in lots and lots and lots of businesses that run lots and lots of different ways. And he clearly has lots and lots of businesses where some people are working from home. And he he didn't uh, get out a baseball bat and uh, make them all come into work. In fact, he says 40% of the people in his entire portfolio of companies work remote. And he says, no problem. And here's the funny thing, Britt. This is really true. I I don't want to say this too loud. But less than fifty feet away from me right now, oh, I have someone with no. the same last name, no, as me. It is a daughter of mine, and she okay. is working remote. Well, she is working remote for a large Fortune 500 company. In you fact, go, tell
1: her it, that she's immoral. She's being immoral yeah. right now. Yeah. There's always there's always some rich motherfucker that wants to tell working-class people how to do it better. And it always involves working harder, being smarter, and being like them. Every fucking time. This guy has no idea. And I'm glad that Mr. Wonderful calls him out because Mr. Wonderful, even he can see how
0: ridiculous this was. It gets better regarding when his people do their work and where they do it. He says this, I couldn't care less as long as on the drop-dead date, the work is done. That's project management.
1: You work here. You work from the beach. I don't give you work from Mount Kilimanjaro. If the shit gets done, it gets done. But the idea that I, the idea that I care about Elon Musk's moral judgment that in my life, when I, when I go to the store, when I go to volunteer, I think, what would Elon do? Get out of my face with this shit.
0: Well, if i can uh, refer back to my 8th grade teacher in english may melik who at that time must have been 80 years old she was probably 52 but you know you think someone's 80 when you're when you're 13 or 14 she taught me that phrase glittering generality and yeah. the problem with elon musk is that if you make a generalized statement that everyone everyone should be uh, in the, quote, office, unquote, or else they are lazy, they will not get the work done, they will not get the project done, and it will cost you the employer money. You're really a bad manager. The the more intelligent response, which is more in the line of Kevin O'Leary, is, you know what, there may be some jobs. There's no doubt about it. In some places that demand that you be there on site, that demand in-person collaboration with other workers. But that's not everybody. (laughs) And other people, uh, if they can do exactly what they're doing from another location, and it fits what they want to do with that uh, famous, uh, I dread this phrase, work-life balance. Because yeah, I never, I never thought of that much when I was working, and no, there was no such thing. It just it's just but look. You, you well, just, how that's, does that? That's not today. And if you don't ex- acknowledge that, you're going to lose people. You're going to how going to be, does it, you're gonna be churning it, people through who who want a better, who want this, a better. This uh, is
1: the psychosis of him. If you yeah. got twenty billion dollars or forty billion dollars, whatever it is, in the bank, how does it? Man, it really pisses me off when somebody that's making forty grand works from home. I'm going to have to say something on this national televi- nationally televised interview. Really? This is what keeps you awake at night? You piece of shit?
0: Yeah, well, I, I think the uh, phrase emotional intelligence, as it applies to, to Elon Musk, is, is a good one, because he doesn't have a lot of Remember, that was a big thing, what, about 15, 20 years ago? It was EQ versus IQ. It's very important you have a really high IQ. And assumedly, he he Musk has a really high IQ or he couldn't think of all this, this stuff that he that he does. I mean, he couldn't reinvent the car. He couldn't reinvent space travel. He OK. He has a high IQ, but his EQ, not quite so high.
1: No. And that's like because so he doesn't have it doesn't have to be. He's always got somebody like like Trump. He's always got somebody to clean up his mess. In this case, there's no cleaning this up because this is just a huge stinky turd. Right. Well, That this is what you felt like you should go. It's just, I,
0: I think you went a little far. Fu- um, it's going to end for Trump a lot sooner than Elon. Elon Musk will outlast Trump all, for, for a mm. long time. Because um, remember, think about it. Trump has never invented anything. No. <laughs> I, no. I, I'm sorry. Putting your name on uh, a bunch of bottles of vodka that's not inventing things. Um, uh, building a casino to have it fail is not inventing things. Putting no. your name on an airline to have it fail—that's not. Well, inventing make, make things.
1: America great again. That phrase—he invented that for sure, right? That's, that's no, he that stole it great. from Reagan. He oh, stole that from Reagan.
0: Oh, come on. That.